Garbage Film, the podcast where we link trashy movies and arty film, and we're here to say you can have fun with both. Correct. Uh, as always, I remain one of your hosts, Nick, and with me is my partner and co-host, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hello, Nick. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing great. I saw some little animals this morning. Yeah, if we sound more excitable than usual, Aaron saw a family of minks. and so cute. I'm just riding that high. It's, it's going to take me all the way through the weekend. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's adorable. Oh, weekend? This is this has made my summer. I'm... Oh, okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Little fact about me. I love mustelids, your weasels, your beavers, etc. No, it's... beaver is wrong. My no. bad. Oh, God. My second example is wrong. Uh, let's... Canceled. <laughs> You, you had to think of two things. One of them was not right. Uh, it's okay. We're still learning about the minx. It's, it's okay. true. I, I was going to say that this is the podcast where we discuss two things. If so, my second thing. Oh, doesn't marvelous work. segue. <laughs> and the first thing. And one of them will be wrong. Yes. <laughs> uh, but our first thing that is right and good to talk about is. <laughs> Uh, is a little movie from 1992 called Hard Boiled. Hard Boiled. So much fun. Love Hard Boiled. It's great. So, I can't believe it took me this long to watch. Yeah, this was a first one to both of us, which mm-hmm. um, for those that have been listening along so far, we've discussed Aaron's love of westerns mm-hmm. uh, considerably. Westerns <laughs> oh, are to Aaron what Hong Kong action cinema is to me. Yeah. So this is a real like huge blind spot for me finally really glad that i got to see yeah but here's here's some some things about about who's involved with hard-boiled we have the director john woo who (laughs) exactly i'm gonna do it every time get ready (laughs) just softly wooing squad (laughs) and john woo rules uh speaking of people who rule the stars chow yun fat and uh tony lung very both rule they both rule so much yep Written by Barry Wong, choreographed and co-starring Philip Kwok. Philip mm-hmm. Kwok plays the character Mad Dog in this. And if this is all sounding new to you and you have no idea what Hard Boiled is, this is a, it's referred to as Gun Fu. It's an <laughs> action subgenre specific to like Hong Kong action cinema, which it's good stuff. If you want to see people so nearly rich. die on camera over and over... They oh, yeah. are not shy about risking their lives on camera. <laughs> this was a real, yeah, if you can make it in that environment, you can make it anywhere type of thing where, you know, you'd go to America and take this stunt crew with you and they'd be like, what, you're not, you have no broken necks yeah. on set? It None? Is, I'm going to sound like every person who watches Hong Kong cinema a lot now mm. and just do the thing of like, yeah, Hollywood is almost caught up to like 19... 80s Hong Kong cinema in terms yeah. of like well choreographed stuff. It was a rich environment for yeah, just yeah. being like, what's the craziest shit you could put on film? Yeah, a lot it's of amazing. A lot of this movie is just like it's just oh reactions. It's just that noise, yeah. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Not just for the actions, but for some of the choices that I love in also this movie. Also true. Yeah, there's uh, gun fu I like a lot as a term, but there's yep. also just like melodrama. Huge melodrama. Great. There's it's... a really out of nowhere jazz soundtrack. <laughs> Real... John... Well, you'll get to it, I'm sure, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> the John... jazz component. Oh, yes. But uh, John Woo loved jazz, so this yeah. is him trying to shove it down everyone's throats. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, 
is what if we did this? Scootlebap. I'm so cute. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's uh, yeah, sorry. give you a rundown of this this movie. That on paper, it sounds so much sillier than it is. Um, yeah. Especially because of one of the characters' names. Yeah. Uh, so Chow Yun-Fet stars as Tequila. He's a cop. <laughs> tequila the cop. Tequila the cop. So named because he drinks... Tequila. Because he's a cop and he has a drinking problem. (laughs) He loses his partner in a shootout, which is one of our big set piece action set pieces set in a tea house that we'll Mm -hmm. talk lots about. Mm -hmm. Uh, So his partner dies in a shootout with gun smugglers uh, and he goes on like a personal vendetta mission to catch them. So real classic cop trope stuff here. Uh, In order to get close to the leaders of the ring, he joins forces with who he later discovers to be an undercover cop played Mm -hmm. by Tony Lung. Uh, the character's name is Alan. Alan. So, Alan and Tequila. <laughs> They're cops. They're cops. One of them might be a cop. <laughs> uh, Alan works for a uh, gangster named Uncle Hoy, who's a big deal in the triads. Um, the two, uh, Alan and Tequila, form an uneasy truce after another huge action set piece in a Normal warehouse. shootout, yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> like they just had an airplane hangar to themselves and were like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> what can we do here? Real like rubbing your hands together. Little <laughs> guac in the background just salivating. On the criminal side, uh, Johnny Wong, who's played by Anthony Wong, and his uh, star thug, like describe him as <laughs> Mad Dog, who's very Philip best Kwok. thug. Yeah, and he is the best thug. That's he, true. He's great. Yeah. He's a great thug. He is like a '70s action star, Philip Kwok. Um, oh, I so didn't this know this. Is, he came on to be the action director, and they were just like, "Hey, why don't you just get on screen? You're awesome. You're very cool." Uh, they uh, so Mad Dog and Johnny Wong they start a gang war to eliminate Uncle Hoy and take over his territory and run guns into his territory. And they do this by getting Alan, the undercover cop, to betray the triad leader, Uncle Hoy. Uh, Alan struggles a lot with betraying Hoy, who, despite being a criminal, Alan felt like actual big loyalty to, and has a lot of that like. More cop tropes, soul searching, like, but are they really so different? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, through... Isn't one of the scenes at like Uncle Hoy's birthday party or something, and he like drops off a nice wrapped present yeah, or something for like, like they're hang... really sweet. They're hanging out in his backyard, and like yeah. no one's related, but they're all like, "Hey, Uncle, Uncle, I did this thing." Like it's <laughs> Uncle, watch me, watch me. <laughs> You're not watching. Watch. <laughs> watch me smuggle guns, Uncle, Uncle. <laughs> Uh, throughout the film, Tequila and Alan, like I said, they have an uneasy understanding. Um, rare case where in the buddy co- buddy uh, action thing, neither of them is by the book. That's true. Yeah. They're both kind of... They're yeah. both mavericks. Hilariously, the undercover cop who has to be criminal guy might be the more by the book one. Yeah, I think so. Tequila's really uh, flying off the edge. He's a loose cannon, if you will. If I had to pick one to be the comedic guy... It's tequila. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For a lot of reasons. That yeah, that's true. The one thing that they do agree on, though, is their respect for using uh, excessive force throughout to find Johnny Wong. Uh, unex- sorry, can, so, you, uh, can you run that by me? Yeah, I, my brain. <laughs> Did you die again? <laughs> I was just picturing scenes of tequila and Alan. <laughs> just talking. Johnny Wong's face is floating across here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they agree that they should use excessive force. To they should use excessive force. Whatever okay. they need to do. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, yeah. whatever it takes. Okay. Yeah. To get rid of Johnny Wong. Yeah. I got Gotcha. Yep, yep. Uh, and specifically to find Johnny Wong's guns. This is a mm. movie about finding arms caches. The stash. Yeah, in the city that they, they can't find. Before they, like, smuggle it out into Singapore or something? I believe that's the case. Yes, yes. before it's too late. Yeah, it's got a, like, ticking time yep. clock 
bomb. Bomb. Thing. Gun. Yeah. <laughs> cash. Uh, Ticking gun cash time bomb. Come so, Yeah. <laughs> So uh, our last set piece is uh, a hospital, which that's the hospital is the big famous one. Yeah. If you've ever seen pictures of Chow Yun-Fat holding a baby, they're probably from this set piece. <laughs> they're either from the birth of his child or from this movie. Yeah. Both probably of which I assume movie. were uh, high points in Chow Yun-Fat's life. Uh, <laughs> I, I would think so. <laughs> um, yeah, but they blow up that hospital and it all looks very, very dangerous. Uh, and Yeah, incredibly it, dangerous. It's Great stuff. So there's your there's your quick rundown of Hard Boiled. And, like, you don't need to know any of that watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it will be very clearly laid out for you. Yeah, it's just, you're, you're not really watching a movie so much as you are watching Philip Kwok play with, like, Ken dolls of Chow yes. Fat and Tony Lung. You know what I mean? Literally throwing them as hard as he can across the yeah. screen. <laughs> like, and then this one comes in and goes... Like, it's just... And it's wonderful. And the reason it works for me is John Woo has such a weird way of shooting everything. Like... Yeah, I couldn't begin to describe it. I'm not a film school person. Well, the thing... I, his whole approach is you shouldn't shoot things like they teach you in film school. I just... Like, he, right. people ask him what his deal is, and he's just like, I do what I want. I don't know. <laughs> like, Does he have any sense of, like... Oh, make sure to get lots of close-ups or, nope. or it is literally make he, sure to do long wide shots. I, it's I more know. complex than this, but his approach is shoot everything in sequence so that we can rewrite and improvise everything along the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Like the, for instance, I'll get into this. I respect that. <laughs> that's a, a, yeah, the, the writing and budgeting process of his movie sounds awful because you don't know anything about what's going to happen. <laughs> if you are a producer for him, God help you. Yeah. yeah. Like it sounds like he, my understanding with this is that he got the set pieces, the big three set pieces and then worked backward. That is exactly what it feels yep. like. Yes, is that, and then we'll move to the hospital. Uh, some bullshit will happen there. <laughs> pew, 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 baby, explosion, the end. Yeah. <laughs> so this is one of the things I wanted to, I would be remiss if not to mentioning, is that this is part of what's called the heroic bloodshed subgenre. Ooh. Do you have, do you know of what I speak? Um, <laughs> I, 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 that is not just like movies with, I, give me some examples. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, it, well. I don't, is okay. the short answer here. No clue. Great. <laughs> Lay it on me. From the top. Please. Um, it's pretty much John Woo's playhouse. Uh, <laughs> he is like. It's it's Hong Kong cinema's like baby basically. Oh sure. Uh, but it's that. the template for it is thought it is like really coming from John Woo. Like he's oh. the guy that made the thing that everybody runs off, and it's got things like there's always a cop who will do whatever it takes, uh, and ultimately has a good heart even if his means are bad. There's a, a criminal with a heart of gold that like is questioning his like. It's, so this is just movies. It's just yeah yeah it's tropes on tropes. <laughs> okay. Um, but. He kind of, like, is establishing... This is his third movie in the quote-unquote heroic bloodshed subgenre. So he's still establishing the rules that everyone would follow. Okay, um, But uh, the main themes uh, are brotherhood, duty, honor, redemption, and violence. <laughs> the <laughs> and theme... the, the most... The fairest of all. <laughs> violence. So this is Fast and Furious. This yeah. is... Yeah. This is, like... <sighs> 
rush hour? He, I don't... No, this isn't. This is more of a stretch, but like the Matrix comes from this kind of. Oh. Um, in terms of like, the the absurd violence, like bound to a sense of duty, um, that okay. like. There, there's some level of, like, video game logic where it's just like, yeah. these people that you're seeing get crushed and destroyed aren't real people. Oh, I see. Okay, all right. This is this is set dressing. Yeah, but it's... To achieve the goal. The thing that I always have a tr- trouble with here is that, like, we've all seen the bad version of this where it is just, like, <laughs> people ragdolling all over the place. And you're like, this is very stupid. Uh, but, like, you take, like, the Matrix lobby scene or the sure, warehouse sure. scene in yeah. this and you're like, this is so over the top, but I love it. Sure. Like, um, st- is it, like, stylistic violence hyper stylized okay yeah. sure yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting at this point we're not hyper stylized yet though there's yeah. a lot of like there's weird really weird uh still f- like frames yes freeze frames. there's a lot of freeze frames and a lot of like is it like five seconds of slow-mo yeah like that that type of thing yeah. yeah and very choppy you know 90s slow-mo obviously. yeah and this is building on the back of a lot of like the work that the shaw brothers in hong kong did right, from sure. the 60s so like a lot of the themes are there in all the Shaw Brothers yeah, stuff. And yeah. then John Woo comes in and is like, oh, I'm going to do slow-mo on this. Right. Or... He just modernizes the shit out of, like, yeah. like the five dragons or whatever. Or the five, what am I thinking of? Five Venoms? The five Venoms, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, oh, these two were, like, undercover baddies the whole time or whatever. Yeah. But instead of Kung Fu, it's guns. Yeah, and, yeah, that kind okay. of thing of, like, oh, you betrayed your brother. Or, like, we mm. thought you betrayed your brother, but you didn't. All uh, that stuff. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And John was the guy who, like, took that template and put it onto, like, gangstery crime movies. So it's oh, kind of the stylization okay. and making it gun-fu as opposed to kung-fu. Right. That's right. his big stuff. Okay. All right. So this is the third. Am I right? Am I, do I remember this right? That he made this movie about cops saving the day or whatever because his first, I guess, two? His, yeah. I, I, all I knew was his previous ones, but his first two in this sort of vein were so, like, gangsters are awesome that yeah. people had to be like, you have to do one that cops are good because <laughs> otherwise I think they might arrest you. Yeah, he, th- that is that is correct. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for validating me. The uh, one thing I know about this movie that he was like, fine, I'll make one that's the opposite. Yeah, I'll make one where cops are good. But his, his uh, he specifically has, like, two touch points he was building off of. Okay. Uh, that he was like, these are the good cops, and so my movie is going to be the Hong Kong heroic bloodshed versions of Dirty Harry. Uh-oh. <laughs> and Bullet. Less less yeah, extreme. Okay, but, all yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> About Dirty Harry. Famously an awesome cop? Yeah. Is that the what model we policeman. Think? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Filthy Harold. <laughs> Disgusting Harriet. <laughs> Wow, uh, okay. Dirty yeah. Harry and Bullet. So is it that they're both a combo of of those two cops or each one is one or the other? I don't like, know exactly, Alan but... Like Bullet or Tony Lung is Bullet? I feel like if you had to choose the, the sides, yeah, Tony Lung's Bullet and uh, yeah, Dirty and Harry is Tequila. Yeah. <laughs> Just mowing people down all over the place. He's so excited to fire a sh- submachine gun. Like, yeah, yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> 
so, okay, so there's this weird feedback loop between, like, yeah, in the 60s, the 50s and 60s, the Shaw Brothers were still, like, doing period peace kung fu violence. Yes. And then in the, like, 60s and 70s, American cop movies were like, what if you just shot everyone right in their head? Mm. And then (laughs) Hong Kong was like, interesting. What if that? I feel like the thing that's in the middle of that is there's a ton of 70s... Late 60s, 70s, uh, really cheaply made Japanese noir that is kind of like bridges oh. that gap a little bit. Oh, like Stray Dog and... and No, Stray Dog's like way before that even, but like... Um, well, no, I mean in, the, in that vein. Like, oh, like yeah. high and low, I guess, maybe would be more the... Like, oh, cops, they're trying their best in this like shitty environment or wh- or whatever. I'm thinking more like... I, oh, I'm not going to be able to pull the title. Uh, Saijin Suzuki movies. Uh, oh, sure, sure, sure. Tokyo Drifter, okay. something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. is what I'm thinking of, where you're like, the okay, violence really doesn't totally. make a ton of sense, the plot There's doesn't no make sense. a ton of sense, yeah. <laughs> but it's cool, I'll That's watch it. great to look at. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't I wasn't sure where noir fitted, but no, the, like, Hard Boiled is a very, it has, it has flavors of noir oh, in big it, time. for sure, yeah. yeah. Even though it's it's kind of too goofy it in is, the end, it's it rides this line that I love so much. You could watch this movie ironically, unironically, mm-hmm. and you could come out with the same opinion of it. Yeah, it does it, it does both ways very yeah, well. Very well. Uh, it's <laughs> endlessly fascinating to me. It's, it's so funny. Yeah, bless John Woo's brain. But no, I I think you're right. I think this is like Hong Kong noir. Is this is what it kind of feels okay, like? Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. The undercover. The like moral ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah, and like really stylizing and paying a lot of attention to like the internal morals and politics of a person involved in stuff that feels really really normal sure, to me. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Of like, hey, you know, there's no one cut and dry thing here. You're mm. just doing your best and either your best is yeah, be like, a criminal or <laughs> in the system. What good yeah, can I do? From the inside. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah. So here's a... That's such a trope now, it's wild to think that that was, like, groundbreaking. Okay. I know. So funny. All right. Like, what year is Hard Boiled? 92. 92. Yeah. Actually, funny. let me just... No, I think that's right. I think that's right, too, but I Having don't trust... Having done no prior research, I think that's right. <laughs> and me, the one who does the prior research, <laughs> is just going on instinct. Yes, yeah. 1992. Good instinct. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, so some other fun stuff about this movie is that most of the action choreography was improvised. Oh, God. <laughs> like... They, oh god! They took so long to shoot in in uh, the the big set pieces, and part of it was a lot of like, okay, today we're starting, and when we finished, we were standing here. What can we do around this? Like, <laughs> just fucking around. Like the big example oh, that's, that's... So unsafe. <laughs> the 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 big explosions and stuff that's planned out, but like, okay, sure. Things but it, like uh, in the beginning, there's the big tea house set yeah. piece, and uh, Chow Yun Fat like. Slide, half slides down a stairway oh, yeah. shooting. Yeah, that was his idea. Cool. Oh, was it? He okay, was just like, amazing. well, if they're like falling down here, I need to get down the stairs. What if I do this? <laughs> hey, like I need to get down these stairs really fast. So like I'm going to slide on a little butt. But that's so fast. Cute. I just still need to be able to aim. <laughs> I still need to be able to shoot two guns at once. He looks so fucking cool doing it. He does. Too. Okay. All right. That's great. Uh, oh, I remembered one other thing that I know. I know two things about okay. this movie. One is that they were going to destroy that tea shop. Like the tea shop was yeah. scheduled for demolition. Yeah. And I wondered how they got away with trashing it the way that they do. <laughs> Because it was coming down anyway. But fun facts about that. Part of the reason it was coming down is it was like an area that it wasn't being gentrified, but it was just kind of like 
okay, there's lots of... Um, They're just turning uh, it over. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll slowly start reconstructing stuff here. So, that area belonged to a triad, and... Uh, oops. They so kept, it's in a terrifying neighborhood, yeah, is what you're saying. They kept coming up to the, the place and being like, hey, Director John Woo, pay us uh, oh. protection money or we'll break your cameras and shit. It is wild <laughs> to me how many gangsters try and extort film crews. Yeah, it's crazy how often that comes up. Yeah, a lot. Mm. Some of them are like, I won't break your knees if you let me be in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's so enterprising. All right. But they got both sides of it where the citizens nearby were like, citizens, residents nearby (laughs) were like, oh, there's triad activity in this tea house that's to be demolished, calling the police. So the oh no! Police came down and were like, "We heard some noise complaints. What are you up to?" Oh, director John Woo, we love your movies. Oh, John Woo! <laughs> so did they love the movies at this yeah, point? They did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. He got off with just like a gentle warning <laughs> for noise complaint. Yeah. There are a lot of bullets fired. That is, yeah. that is fair. And they shot there for five days, so there was oh, a God. lot of <laughs> and just all improvising, like just yeah. random noise, not even scheduled. Oh, for fuck's sake. John. And to the residents' credits, they are all real guns that they have. So, like, it looks oh. real. Yeah, that's fair. I I also would <laughs> yeah. be a little concerned after day three, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. Some other fun... Well, this part isn't fun, but it's <laughs> just, like, the production on John Woo movies sounds awful. Uh, the writer, Barry Wong... Okay, just taking a step back. Mm. When they initially planned the script out, it was to be Chow Yun-Fat and Michelle Yeoh starring. What? With Tony Lung as the bad guy. Oh, oh. And Tony Lung, as the bad guy, Tony Lung was going to be a poisoner who goes into grocery stores and poisons baby food. Oh, yeah, and okay. they got to like storyboarding some stuff, and they're like, "Actually, this is probably isn't good." Maybe like John, we Woo don't want to like, ruin Tony Lung's life. That and to- John Woo was like. Legitimate issue, someone might try to do this. Oh, Let's gross. cut okay. this out. Yep, okay. yep, fair. Back to the drawing board. However, when they realized that, they had already shot all the tea house stuff. Oh. So, like, they were mid-shooting, and they're like, wait a second, this is no good. <laughs> Redo this. Uh, so uh, all the, okay. the first, I want to say, like, 15 minutes or so is from a previous script, basically. But it works. That's so weird. Yeah, you, you never request Because all guess, it's but... only about setting up Chow Yun-Fat's bad, backstory, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. all it does. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, God, how good would Tony Lung have been as a, like, insane bad guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we this could is, have had that. And Michelle the, Yeoh! Yeah, Michelle Yeoh rules oh, also. Yeah. And this is before he was, Tony Lung was like, the adorable, nice man. The sad-faced man from Wong Kar Wai's movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a different life he would have led. Yes, what a path. Um, oh, he would have been so good. It would have been so much fun to watch him do that. But, so, Barry Wong comes in to overhaul the script, and this is about the time they're shooting the tea house. Okay. Barry Wong gets, like, story ideas, and he basically writes down the out- a vague outline, gets to the first page of um, writing, and he's like, okay, I'm going to take, like, a quick trip in the, not wilderness, what am I trying to say, countryside. Okay. Uh, and I'll be back and I'll finish it up. I just need to, like, take some time to let ideas flow. And he died, <gasps> like, immediately in an accident. Oh, my God. Uh, so they okay. just kept shooting without a script. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they just, like, they, uh, part of the reason oh this movie God. is shot in sequence, because it was a bit of, like, okay, well, let's do this today. And then I guess what comes next? What would come after this? Yeah, yeah. So they're writing, like, their, their filming is their writing process. Pretty much, point. yeah. Jesus, God. So there's all these Imagine little... Imagine insuring this production, or, like... <laughs> Hong Kong's uh... gotta be wild for that. I don't know <laughs> yes, how you... The industry. Okay. 
there's all these little subplots that don't get picked up. Like, like uh, f- well, Fett and his girlfriend are like on the rocks, and mm-hmm. he's right. And like, they just kind of are cute at each other the whole movie, and yeah. like nothing else happens. But I think that it works to its credit then because it isn't this big melodramatized thing. Yeah, no, I I always just read that as like a a part of his personality where Mm. like he's yeah he ultimately has like a heart of gold or whatever but he's just really difficult to be around because he's like a bulldog cop you know and so she just got sick of that and was like i can't live like this (laughs) like i love you but this isn't working that's all i read it as yeah it's like just character enrichment and that's what it feels like like it's done well enough that you don't think there's stuff missing no they shot like so much footage fleshing that out and ultimately they were like no none of this really works that's so funny (laughs) okay so they kept (laughs) all of the things that they could have cut out of this movie and they cut the like (laughs) relationship denouement let's talk about uh chow yun fat's character then let's please talk about tequila that's where all the really like that's where the meat is the meat of yeah Yeah. the meats and the tequila Like, the stuff that is, quote, cool, unquote, is so uncool that it comes around again to becoming so cool again. This is where you can watch it ironically or unironically, where, like, oh, yeah, there's... Like, in the first few minutes, we get uh, this sequence of events where we see Chow Yun-Fat... I have no idea what he's doing with his drink. It opens like a noir, where it's sort of like you, you sort of... Out all almost out of focus. See this guy like cr- mixing a drink yeah. on a bar, and like there's smoke in the air, and like and he slams the drink down, and it's yeah, all there's, bubbly. There's some kind of like, like it's the kind of drink that it is. I looked this up afterwards. Oh, okay. Of like you have to kind of shake it or, or slam it down to make the carbonation do something to the ingredients. I don't know. He like basically takes this this drink and like kind of slams the empty glass down in the bar and like unsteadily turns around and then he just picks up a clarinet and goes into this fucking wailing jazz solo <laughs> and he's on stage and it's this like jazz combo that he's playing in this nightclub. But it's no, I'm I'm saying it wrong. It's not even a wailing jazz solo. It's like a mournful one. Yeah, it's like if you had to play Autumn Leaves at your high school band concert. Like, it's oh, it's so very funny. precious. I love it so much, though. So funny. It's, it's so an great. amazing reveal because you're like, oh, this is dark as hell. What's a clarinet? <laughs> the funniest. I instrument? beg your pardon. Yeah, the Squidward instrument. <laughs> Yeah. The one that just looks like you're blowing in a tube? Yeah. <laughs> a cartoon instrument. You could wager what's the most ridiculous thing in this movie. I would wager <laughs> that might be it. Just for, just for, <laughs> sure? for pure going from zero to 100. Like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. But it, because of that, it sets everything so well for that, like, when you're in the hospital scene at the end and Tony Lung and Mad Dog are just, like, basically throwing bullets at each other. Yeah. You're like, oh, this makes sense. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. You've established right from the beginning that, like, shit's gonna be silly. Yeah. So just enjoy it. It's fine. Buckle up. The frame of reference here is very wide for, like, what's realistic in this universe Uh and how they're gonna present it to you. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, rappelling out of an exploding building holding a baby is maybe the silliest part, but you're right. I feel like the movie earns it. It does. It earns it. It never feels out of out of place. Yeah. And it never feels like you don't see it coming. Yeah. After that first moment. <laughs> so like, shock to the system and then Yeah. Ultimately Chow Yun Fat feels like he feels like classic trope detective where all the totally. proper nouns are wrong. Like, he plays clarinet instead oh. of a cool thing. <laughs> yeah, he, instead of, like, smoke cigarettes? I don't know. He slams a carbonated drink on a bar instead of ordering a whiskey really dourly. Like, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. the All the particulars are, like... But his attitude is as if he was doing 40s d- detective noir. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes. Totally. I yeah. love it. It's... Yeah, instead of, like, driving a motorcycle, he, like, yeah. plays the clarinet. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Uh, whereas yeah. Tony Lung's character, to me, feels much more straight-laced and, like... That yes. character wouldn't be out of place in, like, a Hollywood movie. Totally. Yeah. 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 Which, the one uh. one scene that was cut that I am so sad it was cut, uh, Yun Fat plays a mournful clarinet solo at his partner Benny's grave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. What we could have had. Just the, like... <laughs> The still frames, the fades, that furrowed the brow, yeah, uh, it <laughs> where been... there's like two of him overlaid, yeah. <laughs> like you're fading out from one scene and fading in That's, from the other. You can picture it so easily. I know what you, like... I know what got shot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, want to see it so bad, John Woo? If you're listening, is he alive? If you're yes, listening, yes, I believe so. please make the B plot of this movie. Yeah. And just have it be about tequila learning clarinet. Ah, uh, it's so great. So that's that's most of the like production y fun stuff. Uh mm. there, there's some stuff after it premiered that I just wanted to mention too. Please do. Uh so this premiered at TIFF at uh so Aaron and I are in Ontario Hello. and Toronto. That's our like That's our, our house. Yeah. That's our house. Yay. Uh and they brought it there as a real like we don't know what English audience will think of this. This is we'll just well <laughs> it's a good premiere for international audiences. We'll see what happens. This is exactly how Toronto is used in the like entertainment industry is like it's close enough to the US. Not geographically, like if it bombs in Canada, who gives a fuck? Like, but if it makes it big, then <laughs> Then you know you can sell yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how do you think this was received? I'm curious. Standing ovation. People were like, liter- we we are memeing about this now. People were literally hooting and hollering. Yes, <laughs> like the uh, the tastemakers. <laughs> producer Terrence Chang says that the stomping was deafening at points. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful! <laughs> what I've never been to a premiere like yeah, that. That like, rules. The the energy on this sounds so <laughs> much fun. Like there were people literally screaming with like yeah! at points. Oh my god! Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> But, and, like, uh, yeah, I guess, like, Hong Kong action in 92, you're gonna get some, like, 25-year-olds, whatever. Yeah. But, like, a lot of these people are 40 and up. Like, yeah, like, what a <laughs> To just be house. overtaken by, like, gun-fu energy. <laughs> That's so beautiful. <laughs> so, uh, stomping ovation. Yeah, okay. stomping ovation. All right. Yeah. Uh, Good I, for them. I pulled these. I just love these two quotes uh, from a Newsday review. His shootouts are ballet. His firebombings, poetry. Oh my god! <laughs> Which like that should just be the tagline. Yeah, of the movie. I don't understand why you're not writing that on every poster. 
and uh, from Empire Magazine, more exciting than a dozen diehards. Which is <laughs> the only measure unit of measurement. Diehard had come out three years oh, prior. Oh shit! That what? 1988. Oh, I thought years. it was. I thought it was 91 for some reason. Uh, wow. I think, two. Okay. I think that two had just come out. Yeah. So like, even at this point, people are like, "Yeah, American cinema, action cinema sucks compared to." <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know. Uh, oh my god. A dozen diehards. Yeah. I'm going to just start describing. How was your day? Yeah, it was three diehards. Was Quarter diehard. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> so people fucking loved it. Oh, yeah. Part, wow. like, it didn't do good in uh, Hong Kong or Asia, really. Why? Uh, it was, like, middling success. How dare. Where, it, it, like, over here, it's by far the thing of John Woo's Hong Kong output that North sure, American sure, audiences... Sure. This is the Enter the Dragon of... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, which is just... It's... I kind of get it. I kind of don't, but, like... I guess yeah. if, like, if we're still on Die Hard... I mean, I made a joke, but, like, if Die Hard is still the measurement of how exciting an action film is and, uh, like, the choreography... Yeah. Like, what? I don't... I'm not a connoisseur of American action, but, like, yeah, I can't... I can't imagine there being an equivalent choreographer yeah. in, like, North American mainstream. At the and, like, Jackie Chan hadn't really gotten over here too much yet. Right, he right. He tried a little bit. So, like, this is... Like, unless... uh, maybe around this, like, two or three years before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, at best, you're somebody that knows all about Hong Kong cinema, and that's why you go to see this movie. Sure. But the majority of people will have maybe heard that Hong Kong cinema is nuts at that point. Right, the yeah. Because of that. Have a concept that it is its own industry. Yeah, and they're all still chasing that high. Oh, God. Aren't we all? <laughs> One last fun fact that I love, and I, I'm, uh, I'm sorry to say, uh, dear audience, I'm a gamer, uh, and I oh. should have known about this. Um, <laughs> but would it surprise you to know that this uh, movie has a sequel in video game form? Oh. Uh Starring Tequila, where he has to travel the world to save his kidnapped daughter. Uh, this uh, game is okay. called Stranglehold. It was uh, not written by, but like all of the cinematics were uh, storyboarded by John Woo. Okay. Chow Yun Fat does all of his voice work. Okay. Um, it's from 2007, so like not that long <laughs> okay. ago. Okay. Weird time to do like a. Yeah. Sequel. What is it like? Like si- 15 years after your movie comes out, like. Okay. Uh, and they were gonna do a movie version of it, but it fell through, and in part okay. they didn't want to see be seen to be copying Taken, and oh, Taken sure. came out two years after this video game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there is just this ridiculous feedback of yeah. feedback loop of of what American mainstream action is. Yeah. And <laughs> just look to Hong Kong five years ago. That's just kind of that. like. I, this is me showing my bias because I just love Hong Kong cinema, but that's you do. been kind of the feedback loop for like 50 years or so. Like Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Since since Bruce Lee times, the American cinema is just like, how do we do that? Yeah. Wait, you can do what? <laughs> God damn. Okay. What so, a weird, I, I'm, I, for a concept, like for a movie that ran on huge set pieces and explosions, yeah. for it to be now like, I gotta track down my daughter worldwide is like a very odd choice for a follow up. Looking at Hard Boiled to me, I'm just like, oh, this is video game logic from beginning to end. <laughs> logic, but not execution to me. Like, oh, I, yeah. 
I can't imagine making a video game out of Hard Boiled, mm. except it, unless it's just the hospital level. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, if you just make it, what's the Duke Nukem? Is that the one where they have to escape a building? I'm not a gamer, I ladies and. Don't know. That's that sounds like a good, a solid premise that could be used for a video game. You know, escape <laughs> yeah. the building. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so there wow. is a sequel out there. Okay. Tequila's story continues. <laughs> Sailing off into the sunset with that clarinet wailing behind him. Uh, so funny to me. <laughs> it's it's great. It. Oh, uh, God. So what's your favorite big, huge set piece in this of the three? Which one do you like the most? Um, I really appreciate the elaborate hospital set. Mm. Mostly because of the intense focus on the neonatal ward. <laughs> Like, the maternity area where they have to, like, save all the babies from this hospital yeah. invasion. Like, the hospital is, like, 15 floors or something like that, and all of the action takes place on the baby floor. Yeah, like. it really does. Yeah, just, I, I appreciate that. I feel I feel like that's where it really coalesces, mm, yes. and it turns into, a, like, okay, there's actual, it's not just people just missing each other or, like, figuring <laughs> out that, like, yes, I realize I'm just describing a movie, the third act of a movie. <laughs> But like that's it really it works really well. It's very tense. Yeah. I like it. I also like the hospital for the the big long. There's a really I think it's like two and a half minutes of uh, a single shot scene where oh, they like go yes. down in the elevators up. Which that is very cool. Do you know yeah. how they did that? I can't. Yes. I can't figure it. They, they so that. it is just one floor. When the elevator doors close, the okay. crew runs in and is like mopping stuff oh, up and shit. throwing things off of screen. Mopping literal blood off. Yeah. The, so the the for the audience, the shot is like Tequila and Alan like mow down a couple of people outside. You know they they fight their way to the elevator they manage to get in the doors close on a guy like trying to fire on them or whatever and then they go down ostensibly a couple floors but what you're telling me is that they don't they the don't elevator move. doesn't move yeah okay and the crew rearranges they the whole it. floor outside yeah. that's wild because there's like a whole run up to them getting in the yeah. elevator where the camera is following them through and then they get off on what looks very much like a different floor yeah. it's that's movie magic wild. okay want to know the the Respect two that. other fun stuff of Fun stuffs about it. Fun stuff it. That was one of those improvised things where they were in the hospital. Like, what if we did something like this? Uh, An iconic shot. What yeah. if we happened upon that? And also, that? because of budget constraints and everything, they it's like that. what we see in the movie. That's their first attempt. First and only. Oh, Christ. Okay. They couldn't right. afford to do a second shot. <laughs> Just go down a couple floors. Am I missing <laughs> something here? Film them walking downstairs. I don't understand. <laughs> Stairwells are too echoey. Is yeah. that when we... Okay. I guess so. All right. Uh, so That's I've been great. talking about this movie too long, so let's talk about our <laughs> takeaways. What's your big takeaway of Hard Boiled? Oh, my takeaway, I mean, I, I feel like it's extra uh, poignant now because I it's such the, the trope generator for this type of movie, but I, I really do like the, the duality of like the cop yeah. buddies yeah, oh, yeah. of men, <laughs> these two particular men, of buddies being cops and like which one is the criminal really you know <laughs> tequila never does anything that bad but it's mm. yeah i i like that he kills um, a lot of guys he kills a lot of people <laughs> there is not much due process in this movie um yeah i like that i like that part of it the best where it's this like yeah there's a very dramatic like babies might get blown up in this hospital but the movie is actually about the two of them yeah connecting and like this uneasy understanding between them and yeah i i Sweet. enjoy that you made this insane action movie and the movie is still about like bro time 
Yeah, it really is. Yeah. That's the power of friendship. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, if you can, you know, you find that other person, like, operating at your level or whatever. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's all. Oh, yeah. okay, very yeah. good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I... <laughs> I guess, okay, yeah. my, my takeaway in terms of, like, what I, how I think about the movie is, like, you know, the, the very cliche, like, oh, is it, are, are the cops criminals <laughs> in a broken system, you know? <laughs> you do what you gotta do to, like, protect your own. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. How about you? Uh, well, I, the way that this movie sticks in my mind is that it's two different movies. There is okay. the hilariously big set pieces, and when you think about it, it's ridiculous in the moment. It makes sense. Uh, action and tropes. I'm mostly thinking of Chow Yun-Fat's character when I say all this. Sure, sure. And yeah. then there is the actual dramatic stakes, and that's all Tony Lung's stuff. Yes. <laughs> like, it feels like, oh, I legitimately, there's some good dramatic acting going on here yeah. and stuff. Yeah, well, it's fucking Tony Lung. Yeah, great. killing it. So, like... To me, the, like, obviously the action is great, mm. but the, like, if I were to actually take away anything from this, it's the the Tony Lung's character, um, even though it's, like, terrifically tropey still, his version of the undercover cop feels, like, really earned and grounded and stuff. Totally. He's Very got all, grounded, yeah. Yeah. Like, going through all the, like, who am I really? Was it even worth it? Like, yeah. am I actually making things better with my work or am I just part of the problem? Mm-hmm. Um, existential crisis hours yeah and like i don't think that this is ever explicitly said but i f- i feel like he feels like he's responsible for setting johnny wong loose and like creating all of this mm. havoc and he's kind of having to clean up after himself oh that's an interesting take yeah yeah because yeah, he spoiler alert <laughs> murders uncle hoy because he has to like prove himself as the the big bad criminal yeah so that he can get close to find out where the the stash is but it really yeah. just results in a lot more death so yeah it doesn't was, work yeah. at all <laughs> nice and, uh, yeah so i guess my big takeaway is tony long good actor good actor we like him big fans <laughs> and it obviously goes without saying that i just i'd love hung hung cinema so much it's my comfort <laughs> watching stuff it's such a fun sub not even subgenre. it's a fun industry and fun mm. like you know, touchstone of just movies existing yeah. to get into. It's great. So great. So uh, I guess this is my, if anybody out there is also a big fan of Hong Kong cinema, let me know what else I should watch. I've watched, yes. I've stick to what I know for the most part, so I'd love to expand my horizons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with all that said now, let's uh, use each of these movies to program a double bill, complete with a marquee title. If you remember to do it. I remembered this time. Uh, I always, How have we been doing this for this long and I still am like, Oh shit! I you remember well. sometimes. I I remember twice, maybe. Yeah. yeah so we're, right. we're we're both, you know. My batting average not great, but uh, <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, why don't you take us away? Sure. <laughs> um, my takeaway being, you know, oh, you do you do what you have to do to mm. protect your own, or you know, it doesn't have to be family per se, but the idea of you know earned family or, mm. or chosen family or whatever it is, like this family that you that you build and you take care of, and it's gonna, in order for the group to survive, the individuals might have to suffer. Yeah, you know. Okay. Um, this is a lot more in-depth than I gave in my takeaway for some reason. <laughs> Should have said but, this when you asked well, me. Well, no, but you're, you're building on what I'm you said. I'm building yeah. on it. So I'm a building nice a bridge. to put movies in. Yeah, oh, I'm the movie host. <laughs> and so I'm going to pair this with 
1972's The Godfather. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> um, lay it on me. Lay it on you. So, Michael Corleone, I get is the kind of the Tony Lung like yeah. the, the Alan character here. Michael has just come back from army and he doesn't he's like I'm not going to get into like I'm not going to get into the business. Like I know what it is, but I don't want to be that guy. Mm. And then he, by the end of the movie it's just like no, he it turns out he's actually amazing at it and he <laughs> but he doesn't want to be. Yeah, you're like following him down this rabbit hole where you can see the the pained regret and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and then it sort of these movies differ obviously where it flips into he's like oh no i'm actually great at this this is actually all other options have been taken away from me i have to fight back Mm. like they killed my brother they killed my friends they tried to kill my father you know Mm. you you just have to there's a line at which you can no longer like you would be letting go of yourself by trying to hang on to yourself Mm. you know what i mean and you could make this argument for literally any like infernal affairs you could yeah, yeah. this is this is the but there you go this is the trope right of yeah. you know oh i'm I, I do i even remember who i am anymore that kind of thing <laughs> um so there's that angle as well of of like you have to or that there's that angle firstly where someone has to like step up and do things that suck for him personally in Mm. order for the family capital f or no to to survive and there's also sort of the moment where michael realizes he's really good at doing crime stuff Mm. i think is where he manages to trick so his, his father has been gunned down in the street and he's in the hospital right. and someone from the crime family that tried to kill him is coming to the hospital to finish the job. Yeah. And Michael has to not let on that they know this because the cops are watching also. Right. But they have to move. They have to like get him out of the hospital, Vito, out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. So he can't be murdered. Mm-hmm. And Michael's really good at this and he like pulls it off straight faced lies straight to the cops like he he makes it work and he's really fucking good at it and that that is such a tense part of that movie for me and i really like it and it takes place in like in a hospital and they're trying to move rooms (laughs) so that the assassin from the other crime family doesn't know we're there and that's literally exactly what happens when mad dog comes to like finish off the police and the the yeah the police informant at the hospital so we can't tip off like the cops to where the the weapon stashes so there's great that's just the exact same fucking moment and i think that is where alan is like oh they beat the shit out of my or not alan it is it's tequila's guy yeah um that's where tequila is like oh they just murdered my guy like they are they are going to do anything they will do anything i have to be ready to and i can't let them get away with it shit yeah yeah Yeah. cool i like that a lot i i uh, that hospital bit that's a good that's a good like connective it's the tissue. most tense like hospitals just very tense yeah. places nothing good happens in a hospital not a lot no no if it's on camera at mm-hmm. least yeah mm-hmm. it's worth filming i guess the godfather never heard of that i'll have to check it out <laughs> <laughs> this has been our movie podcast <laughs> You're just saying that because you don't like The Godfather that much. It's not that I don't like it. It's that I don't like it as much as as the industry would want you to. As Um, big movie wants you to. In the pocket of big movie. But I like that too because I feel like after time has passed for each of the movies, 
obviously the godfather is a touchstone for mm. so many reasons mm-hmm. and hard-boiled has become a touchstone that like so many people try to emulate portions <laughs> totally. of totally yeah very touchstoney yeah yeah where it's like it's kind of like a bottleneck for any of the ideas or tropes or anything like that that like it's very shorthand now yeah and people don't worry about referencing what the what that respective movie is referencing they're just referencing that yeah movie. also i'm pretty sure i this might be apocryphal i don't know um, it's funny that you mentioned triads coming to the set and being like, what's up? Oh, Give me 50 bucks <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> because I'm pretty sure some members of like, you know, the American, like the, the mafia families in North America were like, you can't put this movie out. <laughs> Didn't, <laughs> or aren't there right? some mafia members in the movies? There's like, like one thug. Yeah. Is it Luca Brasi maybe? Who, who is actually like a former enforcer or something? Anyway, yeah, yeah. there's, there's some like guy that. on camera for sure, right? They're definitely like consultants that were like, yeah, yeah as part of the mafia, this that's, you're fine. doing it right. This is fine. Yeah, we'll <laughs> allow it. <laughs> Do you have there a, you has a title come to I'm, you? I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to concoct one. This is my concocting face. I see. For the viewers or listeners, where we got squinted, closed eyes, um, mouth slammed shut really like trying to bring all the energy to the nose yeah <laughs> it's a very nasal thinking process um, uh no you'll have to go and then i'll have to i'll have to come back to it. f is for family i don't know <laughs> yeah no it's fine we'll come okay, back to okay okay because i i no i'm just gonna no i, yeah, I just... we'll just say for the family okay that's that's my double bill yeah yeah that fits yeah yeah organized crime and such yeah yeah and you get like you know michael at the end of the movie has he's become the godfather and he's i'm I'm not joking that actually yep. happens when i saw the movie for the first time i was like oh come on <laughs> jesus but um yeah and then alan gets to like fake his own death and sail away like the death of the self or the mm. death of the self you thought yeah you thought you were the freedom to yeah. yeah and in michael's case it's bad and in alan's case it's good it's good <laughs> for the family yeah. yeah all right over to you Oh, thanks so much, Eric. Oh, uh, Nick in the studio. So, like I said, this movie to me is just like, it's the two things. It's Tony Lung's performance totally. and just like two scoops of tropes, just piling on tropes, <laughs> uh, piles and piles and piles and piles of tropes. Vitamin D. Yeah. And like, I have this brain problem where like, when I'm watching a Hong Kong movie, it's like, this exists separate from every other reality. So like, I have a hard time comparing it to like, Sure, American sure. or other international movies. That's just a brain problem I have. Um, that's fair. They're very distinctive. Yeah, so I decided that I would go with a kind of like a trend, another trend setting or trope setting movie, or in a way, the movie that sets the tropes that Hard Boiled really exploits, like pushes to the okay. to the limit. So sure. I'm going to pair this with 1949 Stray Dog. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I said Stray Dog earlier, and I was like, oh, man, we should watch that. <laughs> Let's just talk about it. It's a great movie. Um, to, nice. Speaking of Japanese noir, nice. there's a reason I had <laughs> Yeah, you had that in the chamber. Okay. It's becoming a feature when you can let you, where you reference the movie I ultimately... <laughs> <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> the little alarm will go off yeah. where I called it. Yeah. I'm getting better at playing it cool, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right why yeah that's an excellent question thanks i'd love to answer it for you you should you should answer it now so this are you gonna answer it (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) uh for those that don't know stray dog this is a kurosawa movie i will i'm sorry for how much i reference him i'm not he's great um starring uh original hate hati toshiro mifune Mm -hmm. and uh takashi shimura who's also great yep yep 
so the Stray Dog is kind of considered the original buddy cop slash procedural movie. Like it, it's the movie that most people will tend to point to to be like, oh, that's where this trope comes from. That's where this trope comes from. Oh wow, okay. Not I think the procedural you can make a case for or against buddy cop though. It's really like it's the young cop who's a bit of who who is trying to play by the books and the old cop who's like seasoned and wise and doesn't do things but to the letter but he gets results like right it's the it's very subtle because we're in post-war Japan and it's the 40s yeah. <laughs> uh, compared to today but it, you can see all of the pieces there just really sure yeah really... the idea of like look at this dynamic yeah isn't this cool isn't this cool <laughs> now let's do 70 years of movies about this <laughs> and go <laughs> uh, both so Stray Dog is about um, Mufune is a new a newish cop and mm-hmm. he, on the he's poor like everybody in post-war japan so he has to ride the uh public transit to work and he gets pickpocketed of his gun um so someone just walks off somebody takes his colt and uh he knows how many bullets was left in it he knows uh oh yeah all that so like it's got this kind of like counting down down the bullets that are being used and one as this guy goes and like starts committing crimes with the gun yeah oh shit this movie's so good (laughs) (laughs) mufune's like got this pressure on for like, oh, he reports that his gun's been stolen, he knows he's got to get back, but every crime that happens he feels like is his fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's slowly unraveling, and uh, Shimura, the Very older cop, desperate. is like kind of trying to guide him, and they're working together to get this done. They don't get along at first, but they see each other's ways are effective, and all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, so they're, both of these movies are about finding the arms Basically, like we got the arms cache in Hard Boiled. Oh yeah, that's the true. gun in <laughs> a single dog. gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and these are both in areas where Hong Kong guns are so illegal, uh, and in Japan oh, guns are so illegal. Like it, they are super controlled. Like every gun in Hard Boiled had to be brought in through England customs. Oh, every gun that, that appears in the movie. Yeah, none of them are from Hong Kong because guns don't. Guns aren't in Hong Kong. You're not permitted to. Oh, yeah. right, because they were real guns. Okay, yeah. all right. So, oh, this it's the same feeling of no like. No wonder triads were hanging around. Oh yeah, it's it's the same feeling in both of them of like, oh, this is like setting, giving somebody like a bomb. Like, yeah, like a nuclear bomb is loose in the city. Yeah, like no civilian can wow. counteract that. This is a free pass to commit crimes. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. So I okay. like that connective tissue in That's there. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and it gives it. Between the like the countdown to bullets being used up from Mufune's gun and the um, we already talked about the ticking clock feeling of of hard boiled. Yeah, it's got the like the gun pointed at the head of the city kind of kind of vibe to sure. it. Sure, yeah, I like that. Um, and uh, uh, I feel like there's the wrong lesson is taught in Stray Dog, and it comes out as the right lesson in Hard Boiled, where both. Okay. Shimura, Takashi Shimura, the older cop, and Chow Yun-Fat, the, like, more seasoned cop, try to teach Mifune slash Lung that you're going to have to lose your sentimentality if you're going to deal with criminals. Sure, yeah. And, like, it's presented as the moral in Stray Dog, which is very bad. Yeah. (laughs) And it's presented in Hard Boiled as kind of, like, here's a perspective that's flawed. (laughs) Here's how you can get. Don't be like this. Yeah, do not do this. Yeah. Uh, I also like that... um, they both star uh, young hotties in their career, Long and Mufune. 
who would go on to be yep. idolized year like year round. Year round. <laughs> the year round the world around. It's Mifune season. And uh, arguably Chow Yun Fat too, if I may put it yeah, word. I feel like he was more well known then though. So this is That's fair. Okay, yeah. all right. Burgeoning Hotties. Yeah. All right. This has been Burgeoning Hotties. <laughs> no, I want that to be the name of my <laughs> It's free. You're welcome to it. It's uh, free real estate. But here's the my favorite thing about Kurosawa on Stray Dog. His quote, he he, he doesn't love this movie of his because oh. he feels like it's too technical and there's no like soul to it. Um, okay. His quote is, all that film technique and not one real thought in it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think like you can apply that to Hard Boiled very easily. And not a single thought was had. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but we all love it, yes. But I had a great So time. I'm calling my double bill, no thoughts, only kill. <laughs> oh, yeah! That's a great name. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, like okay. That? You kind of killed it this time. Yeah. I, uh, I, again, it's one of those, we keep talking about this thing where we're like, oh, a movie comes here. Like, well, I can't really think of anything else. And you slowly convince yeah, yourself. you get talked into it. But I think it's more that, like, the movie that pops into our heads when we're trying to think these up are, like, we know subconsciously all the reasons. Yes, there's a yeah. reason. This is movie therapy, where the first <laughs> thing you say is, like, okay, then why did I say that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Draw it out. Draw yeah. it out. Amazing. Ah, that's great. And I also like Stray Dog as, like, a straight-up noir movie. Um, yes. And... Hardboiled sure. being a neo noir, so like uh, oh the the main reason noir in color yeah <laughs> neon noir yeah uh, the main reason I thought of this in the first place is I feel like Stray Dog is setting up all these tropes and Hardboiled is kind of like You're forty saying, years later let's see where these tropes have if gone we cranked it up as far as it would go yeah to literally yeah. cranking it so far around that it becomes a new trope almost yeah, yeah. I mean it's very like. You got to get out of the building before the arms cache explodes or whatever. Very much a, yeah, Yeah. very much a trope now. So I'm going to, yeah, no thoughts, only kill, colon, burgeoning hotties. (laughs) No, we're going to do a segment from now on. All burgeoning hotties. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I like that. (laughs) Submit your theme music for burgeoning hotties. (laughs) (laughs) It's just Chai Yun Fett playing the clear. Yes! Actually, that's pretty good. Um, I think that's what we're going to do. Get ready for it. Please, please, please. Oh, God. Uh, great stuff. Nice. Well, thank you for that. That was that was a delightful time. It's a delightful time to watch Hong Kong action and to talk about it. It really in is. In equal measure. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that'll about, that'll about do us for this installation of Gartbidge. I think it will. Installation. Yes, <laughs> you install the Gartbidge. Yep. Get the power drill. Right in. <laughs> Uh, so you can find us at Gartbidge Pod on Twitter and Instagram, G-A-R-T-B-A-G-E Pod. Please review us on your podcast platform of choice. It helps people find the show. Aaron, where can the lovely people find you? Oh, people can find me uh, on Twitter at Macklebase, M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S. I will be posting only photos of minks from now on. <laughs> and you will be right to follow her there. Yeah. Very cute. Uh, and you can find me at Dick R. Navis, D-I-C-K-R Navis, where you can find me posting about how jealous I am that I didn't get to see the minks in person. <laughs> it's a pretty one-track channel, <laughs> our Twitters. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks. I hope you'll join us next time for another pile of garbage.